Hello and welcome to When I Found Grace podcast. Today, what happens when the Lord calls you to do something, but you don't do it His way? Coming up next. By grace you have been saved. By grace you have been saved. By grace you have been saved. By grace through faith. to come back to our study of the book of Judges as we look at it in the eyes of grace and what it means for us. And today we're going to look at this story of Barak and Deborah and see how it really relates to us as well. But uh, before we get into it, I do want to just thank you for your patience as usual. It's been a uh, difficult time as far as trying to get the po- these podcasts up and, and going. Um, just life sometimes doesn't quite take all the turns that you, you thought it would. And so here we are on another week where we'll probably only get one up. Uh, but I do thank you for your patience. And I'm so grateful for everyone who does listen to these. It is a blessing to me, and I hope that it's a blessing to you. Uh, But without further ado, moving on, I do want to talk about and get back into our series in Judges as it really relates to grace and how we can see grace even through uh, these things. And so where we're going to be at is in Judges chapter 4, and I really... Uh, I really find that there's, this is an interesting story, uh, just because there's actually a lot of uh, people that talk about it, because what we see in this story is the first woman judge of Israel. And that's a, a really a, a milestone in, in this time. I've heard so many different teachings about, uh, about Deborah and about, uh, just who she is and and why she was in charge. But, but nonetheless, she was the one who was the judge of Israel because in chapter four, verse one of judges, it says, then the sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. So we had seen Ehud remember he was left-handed and stabbed the King and, um, got away. And, and so he had, uh, delivered Israel from, from there. But we, we did see a character that we actually didn't talk about very, very much, if at all, was this guy Shamgar. He was the son of Anath in uh, chapter three, verse 31 it says, who struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goad. And he also saved Israel. And that's all we know about this guy. Um, but we do see more about Samson. It seems like that Samson and um, Shamgar would have been very similar in in strength because there was this is a a massive a massive feat for anybody to strike down six hundred Philistines with an ox goat. That's that's not something that's easily done. But nonetheless, we might come back to him and talk about him later. But I do want to talk about. This here in chapter four, verse one, um, Ehud died and um, 
it says, and they did evil in the sight of the Lord again. And then it says in verse two, the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. And the commander of the army was Sisera, who lived in Harasheth Hagoyim. And the sons of Israel cried to the Lord, for he had 900 iron chariots and he oppressed the sons of Israel severely for 20 years. So it's not just like this guy was uh, oppressing them for a short time. But for 20 years, and not just oppressing them, but severely oppressing them. So they were going through some very difficult times. And it's interesting to me, as, as always, that it takes them 20 years to finally get the idea that, hey, we need to get our act into gear and let's 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 cry out to the Lord. And and we've talked about it before. That is so important for us is just to remember to cry out to the Lord. Don't wait. You don't have to wait 20 years. You can wait 20 years, but don't wait 20 years to cry out to the Lord. But see the Lord, even after you cry out, even after people cry out to the Lord, he's so gracious and he's, it's so wonderful. It's, it's a, a beautiful thing when people do cry out to the Lord. Um, no matter how long it takes them to do that. And so it says in verse four, now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lipidoth was judging Israel at that time. So Deborah, she wasn't just a judge of Israel. She was a prophetess. So she was a prophet in Israel and we'll see her as she prophesies a little bit in here. She used to sit under in verse five, the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the sons of Israel came up to her for judgment. And now she sent and summoned Barak, the son of Abinom, Abinom from Kadesh Naphtali and said to him, behold, the Lord, the God of Israel has commanded, go and march to Mount Tabor and take with you 10,000 men from the sons of Naphtali and from the sons of Zebulun. And I will draw you out to you, or I will draw to you out to you, Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army with his chariots and his many troops to the river Kishon. And I will give him into your hand. And then Barak, he said to her, if you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the honor shall not be yours on the journey that you are about to take. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hands of a woman. And then Deborah rose and went with Barak to Kadesh. So Deborah, she said, look, Barak, you were called. The Lord has summoned you to go and do this work for him to deliver, help deliver the sons of Israel from this Sisera, this commander of the army had 900 chariots. He must've been a, a pretty powerful guy. I mean, 900 iron chariots. If you're thinking about it, it's not just, just chariots, iron chariots, which would mean that number one, that they were, uh, extremely heavy. Iron is a very, uh, dense, uh, metal and very heavy. And it's not like these were just wood chariots, but these were metal chariots um, and iron at that, which probably meant that if they were this heavy, potentially and probably that they had to be pulled by more than just one horse. It couldn't be carried or pulled by one horse. So you probably had to have multiple horses. And so you're talking about a, a fleet of these things, 900. And, uh, and so, yeah, this could be pretty intimidating. But here she says, she says, behold, the Lord God of Israel has commanded, go and march to Mount Tabor. Go. 
and take 10,000 men from the sons of Naphtali and from the sons of Zebulun, and I will draw out to you Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his many troops to the river Kishon, and I will give him into your hand. So the Lord has promised Barak. He says, look, I'm going to draw him out, and I'm going to deliver him to you. But what does Barak do? Barak kind of, he kind of punts on it. He kind of says, uh, you know what? I, I will, I will go only if you go, but if you don't go, I'm not going to. And I find that so interesting because here she is telling him, this is what's going to happen. You're going to win. You're going to have victory. And it's almost as if that Barak just kind of has this, this lack of faith of, maybe even in her or in the Lord, but just kind of says, look, look, if you go, I'll go. And, um, and just kind of pushes away what she's saying and what the Lord's saying and kind of just saying, nope, I'm, I'm only going to do it under these conditions. And, you know, I, I feel like so many of us do that a lot of times in our walk with the Lord is what we will say is, Lord, I'll do what you're calling me to do, but but only under these conditions. As long as there's these conditions that fit for me, that are safe for me, that then then I'll do what you've called me to do. And and then and then I'll serve or then I'll do what you want. But let me tell you, this is, can be something that can be detrimental to your faith and to your walk with the Lord and even how the Lord chooses to use you. You know, I've heard this saying so many times that the Lord can use anybody to do his will. And the truth is he can. One of the blessings is, is that he has chosen you to do it, not anybody else, but he's chosen you. And when we decide to punt the ball, when we decide to say, look, I'm only going to do it under these conditions, the Lord's still going to use you and you're still going to have a blessing behind it. But we see here in this story where Deborah, she says, well, well, here's the deal. The Lord if I go, I'm going to go with you, but the honor won't be yours then. In fact, there's going to be uh, a woman will be used to um, sell or to deliver you from Sisera. It will be, it says, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hands of a woman. And uh, and this is during these times and, and uh, this age, that would have been something that was shameful. Uh, for a a woman or to be killed by a woman, especially in in battle and and then also for a woman to take his honor away from him in this battle would have been something that was shameful as well. So the Lord is going to use Barak to go and uh, do what the Lord said and bring him in and gather Sisera and his chariots and defeat him. Uh, of sorts, but then what we're going to see when you go through the rest of this chapter is that Sisera he flees and he gets away, and then it goes all the way, um, all the way down to verse seventeen, where it says, "Now Sisera fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite." 
uh, for there was peace between Jabin, the king of Hazor, and the king of Heber, the Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my master. Turn aside to me. Do not be afraid. And he turned aside to her into the tent, and she covered him with a rug. And he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I'm thirsty. And she opened a bottle of milk and gave him a drink, and she covered him. She really took care of him, pampered him a little bit, just, you know, make him feel comfortable. And he said to her, Stand in the doorway uh, of the tent. And it shall be if anyone comes and inquires of you and says, is anyone here? You shall say no. But Jael, Heber's wife, took a tent peg and seized a hammer uh, in her hand and went secretly to him and drove the peg into his temple. And it went through into the ground, for he was sound asleep and exhausted. So he died. And behold, as uh, Barak pursued Sisera. Jael came out to meet him and said to him, Come, and I will show you the man whom you are seeking. And he entered with her, and behold, Sisera was laying, uh, lying dead with the tent peg in his temple. So it says, God subdued on that day Jabin the king of Canaan before the sons of Israel. And so we see that a woman was the one who finally caught Sisera, who took him and killed him. And it really takes that honor away from Barak. So a couple takeaways that I just want to talk about. Number one, Barak was hesitant to listen to Deborah. And the question is why now this is an assumption. Was it because she was a woman? It could very well possibly be. Maybe Barack did not want to recognize her authority. Maybe Barack did not want to recognize that uh, she was the one who the Lord had placed as a judge. And so maybe Barack didn't have the respect for her that he should have. And that can put you in a very dangerous place. Lots of people have speculated of why Deborah was appointed the judge. Uh, I'm not going to speculate on that other than the Lord has placed her where the Lord wanted her. He placed her there and she wasn't only the judge, she was the prophetess. And so they knew that it, it explains that that's who she was for him to ignore her potentially because of who she was or that she was a woman can become a very, very foolish thing. I know so many times we think that, well, I'm only going to hear from this type of person. I'm not going to hear from anybody else. You really limit what the Holy Spirit is doing and what he's going to do. Because see, the Bible says he takes, the Lord takes the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And many times we like just to listen to what we think is wisdom in our own mind. And so for whatever reason, whatever bias he had towards Deborah or against her, uh, for whatever reason to kind of have a doubt towards what she was saying, we need to be careful of that in our own lives. People are going to come and speak into our lives from different areas, different walks, from different, uh, whether it's a man, a woman, 
or from different ethnic backgrounds or whoever they are. Be mindful of what the Lord is doing and how he's trying to work in your life and how he's trying to speak to you. That's very important. Number two, Barak did not do what the Lord wanted him to do according to how the Lord wanted it done. Barak had an idea and a plan of his own serving the Lord. When the Lord called him, he said, Lord, I will serve you, but only if, if only this happens. And that was, Deborah, I will only go if you go. When the Lord calls you to do something, don't hold back. Don't say, Lord, I'm going to place this condition on you. And that's the only way that I am going to listen to what you are saying. That can be so detrimental to our life and to our walk with the Lord. I've seen so many people and so many times people will say, you know what? I will serve in this capacity, but only if, and they always place a condition of when they will serve or how they will serve. And we got to be very careful of that. You know, I love when people just come up and they want to serve however the Lord would lead. And when people come up to me and say, Micah, I I want to lead or I want to be involved with this group. uh, Just where can I fit in? Those are the people that just make you so joyful and so excited because you know that they're going to do whatever you need or wherever they need to go. But it's, it's usually when people come up and they say, hey, uh, Micah, I'll, I'll serve here, but here's what I need to happen. There's usually a, a, a but, there's a, a condition to it. And you find that a lot of times those are the people that really get burnt out really quick. Those are the people that are the first ones to leave. Uh, because they're not fully sold out for what the Lord is doing. They're just thinking about their mind. They're thinking about what they've got going on. They're thinking about their own selfish desires and not what the Lord is calling them to do. And so be mindful of that. Be mindful of what the Lord is calling you to do and not placing conditions on him. It can be a scary thing and a hard thing to be obedient to the call of the Lord. Uh, Many people have a hard time doing what the Lord's called them to do or volunteering because, you know, they're, they are afraid and we'll get to that later. We'll, we'll get into that with, with Gideon, who's more not doing things and, and really trying to make sure it's the Lord because he's afraid. That's a whole nother thing. This, this is like something else. This is arrogance. This is pride that is getting in, in the way. And that is so much more dangerous than anything else. And so if the Lord is calling you to do something, if the Lord is calling you to go to a different, different country, don't put conditions on the Lord. You know, I, I, I remember my whole story. I think I shared it with you guys just a couple of weeks ago about when the Lord had called me to Mississippi, when he had called me to go and serve down there and how I had kind of placed these conditions on the Lord. And the Lord really like, look, Micah, you did all this. Now you need to listen and do what I'm calling you to do my way. And so I had to go. I had to go according to what the Lord wanted to do and not according to my will. 
And we see that there are these consequences that Barack has to go with and has to deal with. And that is, is that, that Cesare is going to be turned over to a woman, that it's a woman that is going to deliver him and take him. And we see that this uh, JL kills him with a pen, uh, a tent peg and, um, and Barack doesn't get any of the honor for what the Lord had just did. And so that is an important thing is that he gets, we get the same result. I, I think, I think that's an important thing too. So that would be number three. You're going to get the result regardless of what you do, regardless of what your attitude is. The Lord is faithful according to his word and he does want to use you, but just because you get the same results, it doesn't mean that you're going to get the credit that is due. In fact, Brock doesn't get the credit. It's this lady JL. And it's interesting because that's exactly what Deborah prophesied. Deborah's not the one that gets the credit for it. It is this, this woman JL. She's the one that took Sisera and that's who was, um, the Lord delivered into her hands. And, and so we might, we might kind of do this idea and this thing, what Barack did and kind of pass it on to somebody else or put conditions and the Lord's going to get his results regardless of your attitude or, um, or what you say, but, but you might not get the, the full blessing, the full blessing of what the Lord is doing. I think that is a big part of it. Uh, some people will say, well, the, the Lord can use anybody and he will use anybody to get done what he wants to do. And, and I agree with that to a point. I also believe that the Lord is going to get done what he wants to get done through you, regardless of whether you want to do it or not. I mean, I think of Jonah who ran and he fled, but just like here with Barack, what, what happens is that just because he did do it and he had this bad attitude that the Lord got the same results, but Barack did not get the full blessing. He didn't get the full blessing of this thing. And that's what happens with us is, is when we go like we, okay, Lord, I'll be obedient under these conditions and, and I'm going to go. And, um, just because I have to, and we go with this bad attitude, a lot of times you're going to miss the blessing that the Lord has. And again, I've seen this time and time again, especially with mission trips. Um, you, you see this with, with younger kids, um, or teenage kids, you know, they, they necessarily don't want to go and, or, or they're like, well, I'll, I'll go because I know that I, I should, or I have to, and they really miss out on the blessing that the Lord has. And it's not just teenage kids. I, I know adults have done this as well, but, but from my experience doing a lot of missions with youth, this can happen to them a lot. And so we want to be careful with our attitudes. And so, so the three things that we're going to take away from today, number one, don't ignore somebody just because of your bias against them. Uh, number two, don't put conditions on what the Lord is calling you to do. And number three, 
have a good attitude with what the Lord's doing and you will receive the full blessing. I I guarantee it. Have that attitude that the Lord wants you to have. And a lot of times it means that we have to humble ourselves and say, okay, Lord, I know I don't want to do this. You know, I don't want to do this, but Lord, I am going to humble myself and I'm going to do what you have called me to do. And so I hope today that you are are blessed by that. I don't know if you're struggling with certain things today of what you can or shouldn't do or what the Lord's calling you to do for his name's sake. But I hope that you go do it with a good attitude, that this encourages you to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do what you've called me with an attitude that glorifies you. And I promise you, you will receive the full blessing that the Lord has for you. It's a wonderful thing. And I want everybody to be able to enjoy that. I hope that you're blessed by this. You all have a great day and God bless. By grace you have been saved. By grace.